This podcast is part of Britpod Scene, an independent network of uniquely British podcasts that's always growing. Check out BritpodScene.com or BritpodScene on Twitter to find out more. Everybody be cool. You be cool. Good evening and welcome to the Film and TV Show with me, Richard S. Tonight we will be talking about the rise and fall of Adam Sandler, um, an actor who I do think is a great actor and was a great actor, but uh, seems to have gone by the wayside of, of recent time. So uh, so we'll be going through some of the films, uh, you know, the good, the bad, and uh, unfortunately the ugly as well. Um, I am on my own this evening, so it will just be me, but if you do want to get involved, feel free to please comment or... Um, Leave us a message on the Facebook page, FTV Show. Also on Twitter, at the FTV Show. And if you haven't already done so, please hit that subscribe button on iTunes. If you are listening on the podcast, um, it means a massive deal that there's so many of you that are actually downloading us every week. Um, it's really humbling. Uh, but if you haven't already done so, then please do, because it would be great to have uh, more and more people getting involved as well so uh, so that would be awesome um, the tea of the week this week is the Rufio Bangarang t-shirt that was made for me by the uh, awesome girls at Sorella Print so thank you for that if you need any custom t-shirts then please speak to them so I'm uh, going to play a little song and then we'll get straight into it
So there you go, that was Running by Van Halen, the awesome Van Halen. And if you didn't realise, that was actually the uh, one of the songs from the film Little Nicky, which we will get to in a moment. So let's start off with the good side of Adam Sandler. Now, I don't want to get into a slating match because... Adam Sandler is a great actor and I think he is a fantastic actor um, he's very he's very clever in what he puts across however there are certain things that have kind of he's just kind of it, it got lazy I think but the great films the great films he did so um, I'll start off with the first Adam Sandler film that I ever watched was Billy Madison which was released in 95 and if you haven't seen Billy Madison he basically plays an immature adult who never made anything of his life he just sits around his millionaire father's pool getting drunk all the time playing with his friends um, until he has to take over the company but he doesn't have a high school diploma or even a college diploma so therein lies the main issue in taking over his father's company so he has to go back to school and literally redo every single year or grade as it's called in America and pass um, obviously there's an evil man who wants to take over the com- uh, company instead and so tries to sabotage him as he's going through which is you know the basic premise for most films and that there lies the the main issue. So, because he is playing, he's basically playing a man child. Um, he he's kind of struggles a lot with with trying to do this. He obviously falls in love uh, along the way, and you know, eventually, you know, he succeeds and everything. But he actually gives the company to somebody else anyway, um, which sounds a lot like the plot line from Mr. Deeds. But we'll get to that as well. Um, so yeah, so he he kind of you know that was the first one I saw and. I, I was a child when I first watched it. I think I must have seen it in 95, 96. I must have been, what, 13 years old? And it was great because there's this grown man who is acting like I was acting and basically just, you know, messing around. But the only difference was he could get drunk and sit around in a pool. So, um, so yeah, but I thought that was a really, really good film. Not because of the strong dialogue or the excellent acting. Oh, no. I thought it was good just because it appealed to you know, to the age that I was, which I thought was really, really good. Um, the next film that I saw, which is probably one of the top three films that he's ever done, is Happy Gilmore. I absolutely adore Happy Gilmore. Absolutely adore. It. I think it's a fantastic film. It's. Uh, I don't know. I don't know why I love it so much, but I do. It's so quotable, and it's one of those films that you just think, oh, do you know what? I could. I could reel off several quotes from that. And I have played a couple of sound clips from it before as well um, in a previous show. So go check that out as well, which will be good. But I, I do honestly feel that it is it is strong. It's It's got the underlying, you know, love. You know, he has a love for his grandma and he'll do anything he can for his grandma. He is a failure. He has failed at what he wanted to do. But he showed initiative to use the skills that he learned and put them into what is an actual tough, tough sport. Golf is a massively tough sport. And I think he did fantastically well, and I'm, I'm guilty of trying the Happy Gilmore swing and trying to do that as you know as much as I can. And I thought that that was, uh, you know, that was great fun doing that. And let me tell you, I've broken a couple of drivers trying to do that, and I've also hurt myself a few times as well. But it's brilliant doing it. But the film itself is is great, you know. I mean, you have the 
you have the bad guy in in Shooter McGavin, who is this pompous, self-righteous golfer who thinks he's better than everybody else and deserves to have the green jacket that they get for winning the Masters. And I think, you know, with uh, with Happy Gilmore being this, you know, total opposite, he he really just doesn't care. All he all he's worried about is getting money to help buy his grandma's house back. That that's literally all he wants to do, and the. The length that Shooter McGavin goes to, to to actually put him out of commission, I think is absolutely brilliant. And Christopher McGavin, who plays Shooter, is absolutely phenomenal in it. He is he has a, a hell of a collection of films behind him and TV shows as well. And he's, you know, he is brilliant. And I I thought he was uh, he was fantastic. He had probably some of the best lines. Obviously, you know, Adam Sandler had the best lines for himself, and they were they were epic. You know, it's just it's just one of those films that you can happily sit back and watch, excusing the pun, and just listen to it and just watch it and just take it all in. I I remember watching it for the first time and it, and I was just wetting myself. It was absolutely hilarious, and it's just one of those films that it it, it makes you smile. It definitely makes me smile. It makes me feel happy again again excuse the pun but it's a it's a great film it is a great film the the dialogue isn't brilliant you know there it is wooden in places it is a bit sloppy it is a little bit kind of thrown together if you if you you know if you want to go down that route but the the overall feel of the film is great it's a very down-to-earth film and it's what Sandler does best is down to earth normal you know you can definitely imagine someone who has never played golf before taking up golf and being stupidly good at it it happens you know you've seen it in so many other films and it happens in real life as well that you just think actually you know I can relate to that you know he's going through a tough time all he wants is to help his grandma out and he doesn't want to help the grandma out but it's the the way it's all pieced together you know the fight with Bob Barker and you know the the tete-a-tete he has with um with Shooter McGavin and and the Jackass Man and and all of that you just think oh do you know what it's just so funny it's just so hilarious there are so many different um errors in the film as well uh, especially with the VW Beetle which I won't get into but if you have a look through you can actually see that the VW Beetle is there before it crashes in one of the scenes, which is really, really strange, just as he gets to the last, um, to, to the 18th hole, it's really, really strange, but it is there, so you should really, you should go and have a look at it, because it's quite funny. There is a few others as well, which I won't spoil, but but go back and, uh, and, and have a look at them, because they really do kind of stand out when you see them, it's like anything, I suppose. Um, but it is it is a great film, and it's one of, one of Sandler's strongest films for me. I, I honestly think it's one of his strongest films, and I think that, it's kind of it, it's kind of up there. I have done a little a, li- a little graph which I'm going to post on the Twitter feed so you can have a look at it about how I would rate the films and the popularity of the films and kind of where the decline sets in. Um, so have a look at that. But Happy Gilmore is definitely definitely one of his uh, one of his best films, and, and and I think it's kind of you know it, it, it's a shame that he kind of started off so high and then went so low. Um, which we'll get to in a minute. But I would definitely advocate that anyone who hasn't seen Happy Gilmore find it on Netflix, find it on Amazon Prime, uh, find it on DVD. I think you can even buy it in Poundland. Find it and have uh, have a watch because it is brilliant and I would defy anybody not to wet themselves laughing at certain parts of it because it is just 
hilarious. And on that lovely note, I'm going to leave you with a little bit of this. Film and TV show with Richard S. Only on Heroid Community Radio.
So that was the awesome uh, pilot by Magic, um, and sorry, Magic by Pilot, and uh, also 99 Luft Balloons or 99 Red Balloons by Nina. But it's the original. I prefer the original, um, which leads me very nicely into the next good film I wanted to talk to you about um, that Sandler did, which is the, uh, you know the Wedding Singer. Love, love the Wedding Singer. I think it was a fantastic film, and the reason I like it is because it is just so 80s. It's just brilliant. Um, it's it, Again, it's Sander at his best, but he's also quite vulnerable in it, and the, the dialogue is actually pretty decent. I think him and Drew Barrymore do fantastic together, um, and, and, and they work really, really well together, which will lead me on to a, a, another film in a bit. But they, they have such a great on-screen chemistry that it just made it so much easier for them to work together and I think the 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 way in which the film was put together the uh, you know the screenplay the script everything about it was really really good and it's one of those films I think a lot of people have seen but they don't realize they've seen um there are a couple of really standout bits for me um you've got the Van Halen scene um where he's just having a go at his ex and he, he you know she's wearing a Van Halen t-shirt and he, he says you know why don't you just take off my Van Halen t-shirt before you jinx it and the band break up which as we all know Van Halen did break up um, shortly after the film was set which um, which I thought was quite clever um, you've also got the Billy Idol bit at the end um, which I thought was fantastic I love Billy Idol I think he's brilliant um, and John Lovitz John Lovitz is he's one of those actors who can just do something he doesn't have to say anything he'll just do something and you'll just be like oh my god that's brilliant and he does it quite well in friends as well he's very very good in the friends episode that he's in with um with rachel but he is just so so brilliant and he kind of steals the show for me in the little bits that he's in um the uh the, the steve buscemi singing of um true by spandau ballet is also brilliant um, it's just a really strong film, you know, it's a really, really good film, it's got an amazing cast, you know, it's got uh, Tim Hurley in it, Alexis uh, Arquette, Christine Taylor, um, Alan Convert, Angela Featherstone, um, obviously Drew Barrymore, Billy Idol, Adam Sandler, it's, it, it's got a really strong cast in it, which I thought was really, really good, and it's... It, it's kind of one of those ones that would slip through the net if you didn't know about it or if it was on TV. You kind of think, oh, you know, oh, I don't really know about that. It's so worth your time to to actually watch it because it's it's a very nostalgic sort of film. I love it because it's set in the 80s and, and I absolutely adore the 80s um, in terms of film, music. I absolutely love it. I think it's brilliant. But the, the film itself is great and Sandler is just, he is just brilliant in it. You know, absolutely brilliant, and it's a real. It was a real strong start to the year for him when he did the Wedding Singer. Um, it kind of set him on a high because after he released the Wedding Singer, literally there was only a few months until the Water Boy was released, and everyone has seen the Water Boy. They must have done the Water Boy is probably his best ever film. Um, I absolutely love the Water Boy. I would rank it in probably my top 20 without question of a doubt. Um, I just think the overall 
um, feel of the film, you know, it's poking fun, but it's also a little bit serious. It's also sort of semi-true. There's also a little bit of truth in there. Um, it's all. It's also so funny and so light-hearted, and and probably his most quotable film, other than than The Happy Gilmore. I think it's such a phenomenal film. The 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 way that it's set is brilliant. I think the the script is great. Some of the um, some of the dialogue is very very wooden. It's not it it's not the best. You know, the, some of the production is a bit sloppy as well. To be perfectly honest, it's not one of the better films in terms of um, how it's you know edited and and how it's done. But it has an absolutely phenomenal cast again you know you've got Sandler you've got Feruza Bulk you've got Rob Schneider you've got Kathy Banks you've got Henry Winkler you've got Blake Clark Clint Howard um it's it's just amazing there's such a strong cast in that film that you just have to kind of sit back and admire I mean you've got Sandler basically playing a a numpty who wants to do better with himself but he's actually an amazing American football player um and uh you know they kind of he goes on to play football and his mum uh the devil everything everything is the devil you know she knows all she you know she is literally the the oracle you know as most women are obviously um she kind of knows everything she did everything you know she invented electricity and ben franklin is the devil and you know women are the devil and blah 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 and it's it's brilliant kathy bates pulls that off phenomenally well she is absolutely brilliant in this and i think it's it's a testament to her versatility as an actress that that really stands out for me, um, for her. She doesn't get a lot of lines, but she has that presence in the film that you just kind of think, oh my god, that is amazing. Um, so yeah, it's it, you know the Waterboy is a is a classic classic film, and it's one that I would happily I would I would happily watch it. I don't know four, five, six times, you know, one day a week. I would happily watch it. I think it is it is a brilliant film. If you've seen The Waterboy, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you haven't seen it, please go and watch it. It is an absolutely brilliant film. It's one of those films that really is fun. It's fun, it's light-hearted, it's jovial. It's it's just one of those films that will really pick you up and will also get you in the you know, get you in the mood to laugh and to you know it pokes fun it's it's great it's self-deprecating in places and i think it's it's what sandler does best is is self-deprecation and everything um and it's just you know unfortunate that from kind of from here on in from 98 it kind of it's a bit like a roller coaster to be honest with not too many ups and more downs i mean you've got um, Big Daddy was released in 1999. Uh, another one of my favourites. I wouldn't rank it massively high, but it's another one of my favourites. It's a great thing about, you know, uh, again, a doofus who's not really um, family orientated as such. And um, he has to, you know, look after a kid and kind of turn himself into a man. And I think it's quite good for all of those who find themselves in that situation where, you know, they, they, they put into this new scenario that they don't know how to deal with and they end up just being you know they just wing it and i think it's a great indictment of that it's really really good um you then had juice bigelow the same year which um little nicky um again one of one of my my co-hosts um i think it was andrew um said or it might have been alex that that adam sandler is great at playing adam sandler and he's great at playing two characters funny guy or an idiot that's pretty much it 
he he can't he he can't do anything else. He can't be anybody else other than playing almost a version of himself, um, which is you know unfortunately you can see that from the films that come after the Waterboy. There's no real there's no real great films, and I think the main problem is is that Sandler likes to um, stick himself in the same company of the same people he doesn't expand he's very he's very precious about his his company it's one thing that a lot of people say when they do films with him is that he has a very close knit uh, you know family of people or circle of people and and that's it he doesn't he, he doesn't allow anybody else in and if he works with anybody else he keeps them up like double arms length away he doesn't want them to get close and he can be very standoffish off screen as well and he's very difficult to work with if he's not they're not part of that little clique which i think is Probably more of an indictment of Hollywood than anything, but it may also be one of the reasons why Sandler declined so quickly and so sharply as well with a lot of his films, um, which we'll get onto in just a moment. So I'm going to play you a couple of songs and we'll come back and we'll look at a little bit more detail at that.
You're listening to the Film and TV Show with Richard S. So that was the amazing garbage when I grow up and Blondie, heart of glass, as if you didn't know it was Blondie. Uh, I had to shut, chuck that in there because I absolutely love that tune, I think it's amazing. Um, so yeah, so we're, we're, we're now into the decline, in my eyes, of, of, of Adam Sander. So, um, you know, 2002, 
you've got Mr. Deeds, which is an okay film. It's not a fantastic film. Um, very much a, a, a rip-off, um, but uh, he kind of does okay. But again, it's got the same core uh, people in, which I think doesn't help the film itself. Um, you've then got Punch Drunk Love and Hot Chick in the same year as well. Um, neither of those are ones that that I have seen more than once. I think I stopped Punch Drunk Love about 25 minutes into the film, so um, it's definitely a, a, a poor film. From what I saw, the, the execution was bad. It was lacking in heart, and the script was just a little bit weak for, for my liking. Well, a little bit weak in comparison to some of the other films, which when you think of some of the other films it's not too difficult to have a better script or you know better dialogue but unfortunately that didn't have it um it then picked up again in 2003 with anger management i loved anger management him and jack nicholson are absolutely fantastic together and i thought it was a brilliant partnership and a brilliant concept for a film you know a guy goes to anger management um because he's an introverted anger person as opposed to an extrovert um and kind of bottles it all up and he gets him to get it out and pretends to be stealing his girlfriend and everything to get him to kind of man up and and you know take charge and and let his feelings and everything out which i thought was a, a great premise and I thought Jack Nicholson was amazing in the film. He was really strong. He was, he for me, he kind of led the film, not in a not in an obvious way, but in a nice, subtle kind of background character. He was he was brilliant. I mean, he was one of the main characters, but he felt like a background character, like a a puppet master that was pulling all of the strings. And I thought that that was actually quite a clever, quite a clever thing to do from from Sandler's perspective. Um, and and you know. They complemented each other really, really well, and it allowed the the script, which was actually probably one of the better scripts um, for a, for a film that he's done. It actually allowed it to shine, and I thought it was very classy. Um, some of the things they said was very, very spot on, and I think they obviously did a lot of homework in terms of anger management, in terms of that sort of um, that sort of area, because that can be quite difficult to to master. And I think they did very, very, very well in doing that and allowing it all to come out on screen. And I thought that. When all said and done with the film, it was actually one of his better films, you know. So it kind of picked, you know, the falling scale kind of picked itself up with that. Um, he followed that on with Fifty First Dates, which I, I thought was again one of his one of his best films ever. Um, again, had a fantastic premise with. Um, you know, Drew Barrymore again coming in. I thought that was, you know, reliving their chemistry from The Wedding Singer. And I thought that was a, a genius casting um, casting thing from, from Sand. I thought that was really, really good. And again, the film was very, very clever because it's something that's not been done before. You know, a guy chats up a girl, but she loses her memory when she goes to sleep and wakes up in the morning. And I thought that that was very, very clever. And that allowed all these different scenarios to play out and whenever you can really relate to it because whenever you whenever you, you you know you meet a girl or you meet a guy and you you wish it played out differently you wish you'd done something differently well in this film Sandler gets to do that and it's very clever the script is a lot better than most it's not the best but it's a lot better and it's delivered well as, as well you know there's a lot of real strong um 
delivery of some of the lines I thought it was great and Sandler was actually really really good in the film and, and it's definitely one that I think would be would be up there and if you haven't seen it you most definitely should watch it because it is one of those that that you will remember um, it's uh, it's funny it's charming it's got excellent music it's got great script work it's got great editing and it's an original concept as well it's nothing like that has really been done before not in in that sort of way so i thought that was really really clever and obviously the length that her her dad and her brother go to 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 keep everything together i think is is, is absolutely brilliant and they do a fantastic job of of getting that 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 heart across because ultimately inside this film it is heart that that drives it and I think that you can really really see that as well um, and then unfortunately it's it's back down again um, you've got Spanglish in the same year which I'll be honest I, I, I probably didn't I don't think I've even watched it I've I've read reviews and I've seen a trailer for it and I wasn't bought on it so I just kind of didn't bother um, 2005 saw his version of The Longest Yard which I didn't think was all that great I prefer the English version with Vinnie Jones Mean Machine um, I thought it was very um, he, he tries to be very serious in it, and, and he's not a serious actor he he just isn't, and it doesn't suit him. And I just thought that whilst there are comedic moments in the film, it's it, it's let down by the fact that he tries so hard to oversell the seriousness of the role. So it it kind of let me down. I would happily sit and watch it, but it's definitely not one of his best films, unfortunately. Um, you've then got Juice Bigelow um, number two, which you know the first one was meh. The, the second one was just as bad, unfortunately. Uh, Juice Bigelow, European Gigolo. So yeah, um, not not brilliant, unfortunately. Um, and then 2006, you get a very strange film, Click. It's a very very odd film. Um, he gets given a, a remote control from Christopher Walken, a very creepy Christopher Walken. And you know, Christopher Walken is a fantastic actor. He's very he's very versatile, very solid. But it's that voice, that that voice that just gets you. And he he plays a guy in uh, Bed Bath and Beyond, uh, which is a shop in America. And he gives uh, he, he gives Adam Sandler a remote control, which allows him to uh, fast forward his day, his week, his month. But the more times he presses it, the longer the gap between the skip button. And he keeps pressing the skip instead of fast forward. So he presses the skip button, and it. Eventually, it skips him to to the end of his life when he's dying, and he was a bad father and made bad mistakes and all this, that, and the other. And then he gets given, you know, retribution, and he's, you know, given the opportunity to repent and to to do it all again if he wanted to. And then he wakes up normal and, you know, a little bit predictable towards the end. But the premise was clever. The delivery, unfortunately, I don't think was all that good. It was it was delivered quite quite badly I think he could have done a lot more with it and it would have made it a lot more interesting if he'd have um, taken a bit more time which is ironic considering he was skipping in the film but if he'd have taken a bit more time and you know maybe worked the the script a bit better maybe um, worked a little bit of the uh, the editing and the production um, maybe some of the scenes uh, as well it could have been a lot better than what it was but it was a very kind of middle of the road sort of film um, and then you you come to um, 2007. Uh, I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry, which is basically where Adam Sandler starts to have a love affair with Kevin James, and Kevin James seems to be in everything that Sandler does or is involved with. 
Um, and it, it's not even a funny film to me. It, to me, it's it's quite an odd film. You know, two guys marry because he's trying to save his uh, his friend um, from getting in some like money or something from an insurance company. So they got to pretend that they're that they're they're married and and, and everything together. And it, it it's all a little bit too cringy for me um, when I was watching it. It's funny in places, but to me, it's it's just a bit cringy. It's not one that that I would actively kind of encourage people to watch, which is a which is a shame. But it doesn't get um, it's nowhere near as bad as uh, 2008's "You Don't Mess with the Zohan," which is quite clearly an absolute Mickey take of Zoolander um, about a hair, you know, a hairstylist who you know hair, and it's it's just awful. It really is. There is nothing about that film, unfortunately, that that I can be positive about. It's not. It's not funny. It's not. Um, it's not scripted well. It's not delivered well. You know, the the production looks poor. It looks sloppy, and it's just kind of one of those films that that you would forget. Um, Bedtime Stories, which was released in in the same year as well, wasn't so bad. It was a little bit better, but it, it, it's kind of. It, when you compare it to what else he brought out in that year, it's it's, it's miles apart. You know, it's, it's so so much better. Um, and then you had 2010, um, which kind of started with the more grown-up sort of films that he wanted to to do. Um, but we'll get to that in just a moment, and I'm going to play you a couple of songs.
So that was the Beach Boys there, Wouldn't It Be Nice, and Gwen Stefani's Cool as well. Some really good good songs there. Um, I must admit, I was really, really chuffed with those. They are really great songs um, from some great films. So, yes, so 2010, uh, that sees the release of Grown Ups, which it, to me just seems so self-indulgent. It's just a, an opportunity for him to have a laugh and a joke with his mates, stick it on film. There's no real strength in the storyline there's no real strength in the dialogue i think it's again very sloppy it's been it feels like it's been rushed and it just feels like it's one of those films that is i don't know it just it just doesn't feel like there's a lot of chemistry in the film it just feels like it's it's just kind of gelled together and but not gelled together and you know the dialogue doesn't doesn't make sense in some places and some of the scenes don't make sense and what people you know it all just seems a bit higgledy-piggledy in places um which is a shame because it could have well been you know a, a pretty decent film you know school friends come back together again you know the world goes to rights and all this and the other but it it just seems really bad I mean some of you know the casting there was a, some amazing cast in that film and you just think to yourself 
you could have done so much better with what you had, but the script obviously it, it's either been it has either been rushed or there's a lot of improvisation in there and unscripted stuff and you, you can tell if it is unscripted you can tell because it just doesn't work it just doesn't feel right um you've then got just go with it uh which uh, you know it's got Jennifer Aniston in it so it, it kind of pulls pulls people in to watch it from that but it it wasn't great it's very much the same as Spanglish if i'm honest it's, it almost runs the same as Spanglish it's almost a like for like film to be honest but just slightly different characters it's really really odd um it's not something that i would ever advocate watching again um and then you've probably got his worst film ever which is jack and jill um it is uh, unfortunately it's an abomination of a film it really is just so poor uh you know he plays both jack and jill um, and it, it's just creepy. It's creepy. It's cringy. The dialogue is is just horrible. It is just horrible. It's not great at all. Um, the interactions are poor. The in you know putting them in the same room, Jack and Jill, being two different people, it's shot differently. It's shot twice. Um, it makes uh, the parent trap with Lindsay Lohan when they're in the room together. It makes that look like perfection. It's just, it's just horrible. It's a horrible film, um, and it was, you know, critically panned, and, and rightly so, I think, because it is an absolutely uh, abysmal film, and it's definitely one that I wouldn't advocate that you that you watch. Unfortunately, it's probably his his biggest low. Um, I think uh, 2013, Grown Ups 2. You know, the first one didn't work. The second one, it just seemed like a way of making a little bit of extra money for him and his mates. To be perfectly honest. Almost the same film rehashed, very much like The Hangover. I think um, it just—it's just rehashing the same stuff from the first one, slightly different, adding a little bit more to it. You know, let's make in the millions, which unfortunately it did. But um, it, for me, it, it just—it just didn't work. Even after the first film, this one just didn't work at all. I definitely didn't love it, unfortunately. Um, 2014 brought Blended. Um, I vaguely remember seeing that advertised in the cinema for about a week and then disappeared and it was almost on DVD in next to no time so it kind of says a lot about the film to be honest didn't do particularly well at the box office didn't do particularly well full stop to be perfectly honest um, and then you've got his most recent outings you've got Pixels which the premise is brilliant it's an absolutely amazing premise you know 80s arcades come and attack the world you know who doesn't love that things like pac-man and you know the the, the alien things you know it's it, it the premise was amazing it's just unfortunate that again it all comes down to sandler being so stuck with his friends and and everything i mean even peter dinklage the great Tyrion lannister um can't even save it and he is epic in it he is absolutely amazing in it he's probably the most uh the only thing that saves that film you know for me is to watch it for for the sheer arrogance of his character i thought it was brilliant um uh, apart from him the script is bad the the one-liners don't hit the mark the um the overall feel of the film just doesn't work it's just something that it you just have to kind of think you know you really shouldn't shouldn't bother with it to be honest and it's aimed at kids and you know kids will probably like it but but for the adult, it's you know wanting to relive some of the the arcade games from the 1980s. It just doesn't doesn't hit the mark, unfortunately, at all. And then that's followed up by his film, The Ridiculous Six, which is a a blatant Mickey take on um, 
you know, Magnificent Seven and uh, the uh, the Hateful Eight, which has come from um, Quentin Tarantino quite recently. Again, it, I, I think it's an awful film. Uh, you know, a Western, it's poor, it's... Uh, the costumes don't hit the mark. The sets don't work. the The script is bad. Post production doesn't look like there's much of it. Um, you've got the editing doesn't look great. There's quite a few mistakes that you can find in there if you look hard enough. I'm sad, so I had a look. Um, I found quite a few mistakes. It it doesn't hit the mark. It feels like he's trying too hard at this point. Literally from about 2007 onwards, it's like he's trying too hard to entertain people it's like he's got people in his ear saying yeah do this yeah do that it's going to be brilliant it's going to be amazing and it it really isn't it just hasn't worked for me it hasn't worked and I do feel for him I really do I think that he could have been it could have been amazing it really really could have been amazing though some of those films could have been absolute cracking box office smashes but it's just I think it's poor from from directors and from editing and script writing and unfortunately for most of those films the script writing comes down to Sandler himself he's done a lot of the script writing for those films he's done a lot of the editing some of the directing as well some of the producing and you can really tell unfortunately you can tell when he kind of wanted to get behind the camera and be in front of it at the same time and it's just not great and it's a shame because the promise was there and he's such he's such a great actor in the earlier films it's just it's sad to see whenever i see a sandler film come out now i know it's going to be a bit crap um that you know none of his more recent ones in the last i don't know 12 years 13 years have been any good um it's a sad indictment of uh, you know of a, of a man's career that has tanked um probably because you know, he's surrounded himself with the wrong people. I don't know. Um, it's a real shame. You know, there are some good films in there. There are some cracking Sandler films. I hope you all agree with me. Um, you know, obviously, if you don't agree with me, then please, by all means, let me know. Nobody's perfect by any stretch of the imagination. But, you know, if you um, if you do agree, get on the Facebook page, uh, FTV Show. Um, tweet me or follow me on Twitter if you haven't already, at the FTV Show. And obviously, if you are listening on the podcast for the first time, you haven't subscribed, or if you are listening to, you know, another, you know, this is a couple of shows in, please hit the subscribe button. It would mean an absolute, um, a massive amount to me if you would do. Um, If you can share it with your friends as well, that would be great. Um, You know, it means a lot. I am humble with the amount of people that do listen and do subscribe as well, and it, it does mean a lot to me. So, you know, thank you very, very much for that. Um, and that's it, that's another show done, that's another hour over, Um, I hope you've enjoyed it, Um, please get in touch if you haven't, next week I will be talking to the man behind the Kettering Comic Con and the Cambridge Comic Con in 2018, we have some exciting news, Um, please, please tune in for that, please, please listen to that as well, we have a competition, two competitions running as well um, next week, so uh, hopefully you're listening to that, it's a privilege for me to be able to listen to someone who's actually putting together two comic cons next year um and there are some cracking guests already uh, announced for um for both Kettering and uh, Cambridge and my own personal childhood hero Rufio Dante Basco is going to be at the Kettering Comic Con and I am stoked for it so yeah so hopefully tune in uh, next week and uh, I'll speak to you then have a good one there is one more thing it's been emotional 
Good afternoon, everyone. We're flying at 26,000 feet, moving up to 30,000 feet, and we've got clear skies all the way to Las Vegas. And right now, we're bringing you some in-flight entertainment. One of our first-class passengers would like to sing you a song inspired by one of our coach passengers. And since we let our first-class passengers do pretty much whatever they want, here he is. I want to make you smile Whenever you're sad Carry you around when your arthritis is bad All I want to do Is grow old with you I'll get you medicine When your tummy aches Build you a fire if the furnace breaks So it could be so nice Growing old with you I'll miss you, kiss you Give you my coat when you are cold Need you, feed you Even let you hold the remote control So let me do the dishes in our kitchen sink Put you to bed when you've had too much to drink Oh, I could be the man Grows old with you. I wanna grow with you. The film and TV show with Richard S. Only on Heroin Community Radio.